Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. <sighs> the only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Craig, how do you feel about sweats? Um, I'm coming around to sweats after years and years of being very, very anti-sweats. Like right. for, I think when you first met me, I was like full suit in the gaff, chilling out, dude. Oh, 100% all the time. Yeah, it was like an action figure. <laughs> I, what, I guess what I'm asking is, what are you wearing to work these days, given that you're probably just dragging yourself out of bed, right? And then boom. All of, I'm, wor- I'm wearing my work clothes, essentially. I'm in quite a low cut up. Um, oh, I noticed, right yeah. Now, as you, yeah, as you can see. Yeah. Left nothing to the imagination on this one. <laughs> Bit of a V-neck number as well, um, which I, I is my go-to. Uh, but yeah, I'm wearing I'm wearing trousers. I'm wearing shoes. I'm like shoes. trying to make myself presentable. I think it's good for like the getting in the mindset of, especially when you have so many fucking <sighs> meetings. Do you know what I mean? Fucking I don't hell. know. I'm such a fucking yeah. I'm such a Patrick Bateman weirdo. I don't know. <laughs> sweats, baby. I'm rocking sweats all the fucking time. I can't, it's amazing. Yeah. I need to get a tracksuit. It's amazing. Like, you know? Oh yeah, it's like this is the life I never knew I needed to lead. I, I always make the argument, though, that suit trousers are closer to sweats than, say, jeans, which are kind of more casual. Do you know what I mean? I'm very anti the jean. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know why people, I don't know why people fucking wear jeans, unless you're a cowboy or a farmhand. No need. What about a podcast host who desperately wants to start the show? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's the, that finishes off the trinity.
Hello, my friend, we meet again. It's been a while. Where should we begin? Feels like forever. Not my words. The words of Scott Stapp of Creed and My Sacrifice. Tremendous song. My name is Dave Hanratty. This is no encore. There will be no encore. I'm stepping all over the intro because I'm still in this pandemic pandemonium. Just me, apparently, not the entire world. Craig Fitzpatrick, how you doing out there? We're really opening with Creed, are we? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And pandemic pandemonium. <laughs> That's what it is. Are you okay, man? No. <laughs> it does feel like it's been about three months since our episode last week. Um, yeah, I'm struggling. I'm I, I, like, like it's okay. Though. Are you struggling? Yeah. No, I think I'm doing Just okay. The mental slog of, of it. I think all. I'm. I, I think I think I'm doing okay. I mean, like it's it's been. I ha- I'm not quite climbing the walls just yet. I'm doing all right. I mean, I've got a nice big open space, uh, Phoenix Park next to me <laughs> so to run around in like a dog <laughs> nice big open space <laughs> which the government have said it's still okay to use um once yeah. you know you do the to whole be- responsible thing we're talking about the coronavirus if you listen to this episode <laughs> in 2025 or whatever covid 19 update um yeah the sunshine's been a blessing i know it like it lured a couple of gobshites out to like congregate in groups but uh more than a couple yeah, crazy, nice that's to get the problem a- I know, yeah. But even just to kind of crack an L window pane and get some vitamin D, it's been a lifesaver. Imagine we were doing this in like fucking November. <laughs> <laughs> Would not be on for that. It could actually You'd be have better. To cancel Christmas. Also, I love the way you're like crack a window pane and enjoy the sun coming in. We're once again back in Craig Fitzpatrick's prison fantasies yet again. Oh, we're in the darkness. I think so. Okay, listen, yeah, this is a music podcast. This is episode 206 of the No Encore Music Podcast. We're recording remotely once again, doing our very best. I think last week's episode went pretty well, so let's keep it going, shall we? On this week's episode, it. we'll be talking all of the music news. Brace yourself, there's not a lot. Uh, we'll also be discussing the new album from The Weeknd. Is it a return to form? Let's find out later on in the show. And our, <laughs> I top, <know. laughs> our top fives this week. We'll be running down songs you love by artists that you don't love so much. That's our snappy title for the week. And uh, yeah, yeah we need to talk criteria get... later on. But um, yeah, we, we, yeah, it's we'll... an interesting one. I had fun. I actually had a really fun evening trying to pick like from a huge amount of songs. It was a tough one to come up with. Oh, I have a ton of honourable mentions and I intend to crowbar yeah, totally. as many as I possibly can. Uh, before we get <laughs> going, I should say that everyone should go on to thethinair.net as soon as possible and read an amazing article that Brian Coney, the editor of that website, put together where he tasked around 100 people involved in the Irish music industry, whether it was journalists, broadcasters, musicians, PR people and so on and so forth, to discuss how life is for them at the moment and what they're do- what they're going through and how they're getting through it, I was asked. Uh, so that's why the piece obviously has valid legitimacy because I'm involved. But uh, it's a really really great piece. Brian put a ton of work into it, and it's very well worth checking out. It's on my Twitter account. It's over at the Thin Air. Check it out. And also, hopefully this weekend we'll be recording a new episode of No Popcorn. So that'll hopefully be with you soon if this thing nice. allows for it. I do find the remote thing very intimidating, Craig. Like, it's like I'm looking at you on my computer, and as, as stunning as you are, it's just not the same. It's not the same. It's it's fine kind of in this context, but I've just, like, had a full day of constant, like, work remote calls, and it's just very odd. I find, like, if you're in a room with someone, a few seconds silence is no big deal, but the second there's any break with, like, a colleague or someone you don't know, it's the most awkward thing ever well there's no small talk to be had there's nothing to be like (laughs) oh this like this funny thing happened to me walking to the kitchen like yesterday it's just yeah 
Luckily, get by. It's okay. Luckily, luckily, Craig, you and I have a decade of electric chemistry under our belt, so we can just keep <laughs> as, on. As the listener can hear right now. <laughs> Soak it up, guys. All right, so straight into the news. And yes, once Still. again, coronavirus, COVID-19 is dominating the news headlines. Comrade Britney Spears is reporting for duty, however. She has amplified a call for a strike and the redistribution of wealth in the US in a post on her Instagram page. Spears shared a graphic by the writer Mimi Zhu, who she did not credit, by the way, which is pretty bad, which included the line, we will feed each other, redistribute wealth and strike. She captioned the graphic, communion moves beyond walls and added three red rose emojis, a symbol symbol associated with the socialist cause online. So there you go. Who knew, man? Who knew all this time Britney Spears was actually all about the common man, the common good. It was a pretty, yeah, it was a pretty stunning revelation. I guess, though, if you're going full communism, you don't need to credit kind of creative endeavor because it just becomes, you know, the work of the people. It's, you know, it's it's part of the commons. It's everyone's words now. Um, yeah, I, I think fair play to her. I mean, it was a nice message, particularly in like, you know, obviously we're all going through a rough time, but I kind of feel like in Ireland we're in a semi-decent position. Imagine if you're in the US, like... Trump was like, we need to get back to work. There's no supports whatsoever. I think someone like Britney Spears coming out and being like, talking about redistributing wealth, striking is really powerful, actually. And fair play to her. Friend of the show. Like, I think we have a lot of time for Britney Spears, right? Absolutely, she's yeah. She's through the mail. She, she seems has. like a, a good skin. She does, yeah. Um, and she's got a, a, it a did lot remind of good me tunes of, as well. Do you remember we, I think we covered a story a couple of years ago where she was... Um, her Instagram account was being used uh, by Soviet spies to like distribute malware information and coded messages. I feel like we did this story like about it might have been twenty seventeen, and like it was totally like you know, like unbeknownst to Britney, um, all these messages were flying around. And now I'm kind of thinking, is she a Soviet spy? <laughs> like, <laughs> was she aware of this back in twenty seventeen? Like, is she working for Putin essentially? This is my new uh, Avril Lavigne is dead conspiracy theory that I'm willing to get behind. <laughs> also, by the way, you mentioned Trump, everyone's favorite friend there. Um, he's been referring to stuff like, you know, I want the US open for business in like, you know, the middle of April or whatever, which, you know, like I, I want open open for all the shopping again, and which is a perfect yeah. follow on from last week's Brad Pitt monologue about how America is, in fact, not a country oh and just gosh. a business. Incredible. <laughs> Did you see the Republican senator on like Fox News? I think he was talking to, um, oh, I, I don't know, one of those blowhards, but he was essentially like, I'm 69, I'm turning 70, like in a couple of months. And all I'm saying is, I would rather die than sacrifice the American way of life for my grandchildren. And he was basically like, all all people over like 65 or 70 in America should just like get back to work and die <laughs> so people can go on living the capitalist dream. <laughs> It is Incredible time. Stuff. It is time to die for your blood god, the Almighty Dollar. Oh my God! Uh, not to yeah. not to talk too much about Trump because he's obviously one of the worst human beings in the entire world. But did you see that thing at whatever press conference he was doing at the start of the week where he started banging on about how the journalists were being separated oh by God. space, and he went on this one minute wildly gesticulating monologue thing. And at the end of it, like, the woman who was chairing it was like, okay, and anyway, let's just move on. Like, like yeah, an unruly child. She was, she was superb. It was like a perfect example of passive aggressiveness turning into full-on crazy aggression. Um, he is, I don't know, how, look, I don't know how he's not just cracking up at this day. Well, he clearly is cracking up, but I don't know how he's still in a position to give press conferences. Meanwhile, Joe Biden, have you seen, like, anything from him recently? That man is, 
Like I'm not convinced that that man is. He's like a walking zombified meat puppet. Like he's just. (laughs) (laughs) I do not know. Did you see the um, the conspiracy going around that he was actually dead? (laughs) Because his appearances, his live appearances, have been so bad that people are just like, no, no, that's just that's made up footage. That's repurposed footage from like five years ago. This can't be real. It's like a weekend at Bernie situation. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So between all of them and fucking Conor McGregor calling for Ireland to be placed into a military (laughs) junta situation, you can't keep up with the insanity of what is happening in the world right now. I mean, Comrade Spears makes more sense than any of that to me. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. I can totally get on board with that. Um, Does, you know, does that kind of state of affairs mean you have any sympathy for someone like an MIA who's also in the news? And she's revealed that she's an anti-vaxxer, which is never good, particularly at this moment in time. But she announced on Twitter on Wednesday that she would rather die than accept the vaccine or the chip. Um, She was basically saying, yeah, if she has to choose between those options, she'd rather choose death. What is, sorry, what is a Republican senator? Fucking, I was about to say, like people falling is, on their like hypothetical swords. Yeah, why, so bizarre. Why, why is everything turned into like Roman gladiator situation all of a sudden? Where it's so it's this or yeah. it's that, and that's all. Thank you. In the worst advice you could possibly give at this moment of time, she added, "Don't panic. You are okay. You are not going to die." You can make it without stressing the medical systems. Just breed. It's like that's kind of the problem. People can't breed. Like. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, I have a huge soft spot for MIA. She's always obviously been a bit of a firebrand. Um, I like her a lot. That documentary from a couple years ago was great as well. She's made some great music. But yeah, every now and then she'll say something where I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, this is kind of one of those times where everyone having a Twitter account turns out it was a bad idea, didn't it? Yeah, not great. (laughs) (laughs) The whole goddamn site. The the movement of thought. I have slightly more sympathy, I guess, for someone like her that is... You know, her parents are former Tamil activists and, you know what I mean, revolutionaries, rather than it being like an anti-vaxxer, you know, it being Chad from Wisconsin that's trying to own the libtards. I can see why she might be a bit suspicious of authority, a bit more, but still not great advice. Don't listen to her at the moment. Um, Listen to her music instead. Who should you listen to? I mean, like, we're seeing all kinds of repurposing going on. I know uh, Brezzy was on the the television during the week. He was described in the RTE press release for his appearance in Fairburn (laughs) as mental health champion Brezzy. He's the champion of mental health, Craig. He won the tournament. I don't know. I, I just kind of feel like there's an awful lot of people out there who are just like saying things and everyone's like, oh yeah, that's that's definitely the truth, you know? Like like at this time in particular. Follow follow trusted sources like um I don't know. Ice the radio, tea, listen perhaps? to the radio. The radio. <laughs> has Ice has Ice T been saying stuff? He's always saying something, man. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just trying a smooth segue there into news that radio listening is on the up, um, which actually makes total sense to me. So people are staying at home, obviously. Um, they appear to be listening to more radio than music apps, figures in the UK suggest. Uh, so Global, which owns the likes of Capital FM, uh, LBC, which is a talk station, said that listening had risen 15% and there was an 18% increase with the BBC. Um, I think this kind of makes sense, right? It's like that communal thing of like, you want a bit of, you know, you want your updates from a, a human voice, a kind of tried and trusted source in between your tunes. People are, I think, also reaching out for that nostalgic thing of like, throwback to when we all listened to the radio. <laughs> I, I got on a total Joe Duffy liveline buzz a couple of weeks ago when this was still all mildly amusing just to see what the fallout was like. And it was great listening, I must say. 
what was the uh, like? What was the temperature of the nation at that at this point? Oh, like you know, at about around about mid February, people were just panicked already in sheds. Um, and Joe was doing his best to like downplay it and be like, "You're, you're raising my blood pressure. Like, just, y'all need to calm down." Like he was very much. Usually, you think of Joe Duffy trying to like extract the misery from people, um, but I think he was slightly overwhelmed. Um, I can't. I haven't tuned in the last week or two for my own sanity, but I imagine it is quite shit show. <laughs> I'd say the uh, the late night phone shows are probably off the chain at the moment, you know, considering <laughs> how much of a horrible invective that usually is. I saw there was a clip doing the rounds from some bloke on like uh, BBC Radio 2, his show. He had some woman on the phone. She's an old woman. who, And she was like, I went out for a lovely walk on Sunday and I don't care. Oh yeah, I heard this. I'm ready to yeah. die. And then he was just like, you're going to kill people, you fucking selfish prick. She said, yeah, she was describing her weekend and like she started with, um, on Saturday I went shopping and then she goes, my husband didn't come with me because he's at home recovering from a stroke. <laughs> and the radio presenter was just like, what are you doing? I love yeah, you day at the she'd beach. She'd rather just go for a walk along the beach uh, like than survive or like not kill people. It's just like she was totally, she definitely voted for Brexit, right? <laughs> you, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's just <laughs> look, nailed on. Look what you wrought. Have you, um, have you been keeping up with your night runs or what is your kind of outdoor activity like these days? Yeah, I've actually switched to, I was trying to do a few um, lunchtime ones to take advantage of, you know, being home and stuff like that. It was quite busy, like with the sun being out. So I was like, eh, I don't know if it, this is the greatest shout. So I've I've moved to full, like post 10 o'clock night runs. And it's been amazing, especially like listening to like no spoilers, but obviously an artist like The Weeknd kind of tr- prep for the album review. Like when you're just running down completely abandoned streets, save one or two cars, just like clear skies fucking the shimmering lights it's just like okay this is a mood <laughs> um, I went into so yeah town, that's been kind of keeping me sane for the first well. time in two weeks I had to go into town to get a few essential bits and um, I walked all the way in through the Phoenix Park got, in, got into town and man I'm telling you it's like it's like fucking it follows out there you're just scared of every single person that's in front of you it is genuinely terrifying oh, yeah I don't know like I'm also one of those people that when I'm out, I'm like, what are all these people doing out without thinking that I'm also a person at its out? But some people are just like clueless about space in general. Like I'm, I was initially, you know, giving people a wide berth when I was running and feeling like, I feel like I'm somehow socially rejecting these people by like crossing the road. And now I'm just like, fuck everyone. I'm just staying away. Um, some fucking so, guy yeah. on rollerblades came at me there today and I was just like, this isn't acceptable in what? any scenario, but like now it's actually the most scary fucking thing I've ever seen. Like, Jesus Christ, mate, leave them in the fucking wardrobe. Uh, one thing I haven't been doing during this, Greg, though, is listening to the radio. I just don't listen to the radio. I, like, I just find that, like, I think it's the ads. I mean, you work in the advertising industry, so obviously that's why you're there. You, you need those ads. But for me, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it's Apparently streaming is way down, Spotify is way down, which I kind of find slightly surprising. I would have thought that people were just like, I need fucking, you know, my playlist in my ears now at all times, but maybe it's a case of on the move, you know, on the commute. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess that aspect is bad for artists that now have all their live dates cancelled, but also I guess radio royalties would be way higher. I liked RTE doing that kind of all Irish week. Did they do a full week? Um, I think more of that's very welcome um, because obviously you've got such a restricted playlist of just top of the charts nonsense. So yeah, I think if people are tuning into the radio, Radio stations have uh, 
they really need to kind of support local artists at the moment. And that is my public service announcement. That's how you sound like a fucking local politician there, okay? So. <laughs> yeah, I went very fucking North Kildare fucking county council. <laughs> cool local politician. Fucking no rock over here. Okay. Uh, if you want to have a classic album, though, from a problematic artist, yeah. The Chronic by Dr. Dre is going into the US Library of Congress. What's all that about, man? That makes no sense. But it turns out they do this quite a bit. They preserve records. It's like a kind of a kind of a living museum, I guess. And they put in new music yeah. every single year. And Dr. Dre I, is the latest I, man to get in there. Yeah, I feel like he, he... Is he already in there for NWA? I'm not sure. Like The likes of Kendrick, I think, to Pimp a Butterfly is already in there. Um, it's a pretty small amount. The registry is a small, prestigious subset within the library's 3 million entries that now totals 550 recordings only. Um, obviously, you know, the chronic totally seminal created a genre, kind of created a culture of itself. The music is fantastic. When was the last time you went back and listened to it, Dave? Like you kind of obviously problematic dude. And that record in particular is kind of disgusting. Yeah, it's been a long time. The last time I listened to a Dre record from start to finish would have been Compton, a record that I know you're mad about from a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. That was my favorite record that year. Um, I, I personally think 2001 was his best work uh, musically and I think the lyrics on that were more playfully cartoonishly knowingly gangster whereas you know when the chronic came out he was in that dispute with Rootless Records and Easy still it was all death row nastiness it was like very personal attacks and like obviously using the kind of insults that we you know we would very much frown upon these days so yeah it's a nasty nasty kind of lyrical record but also a masterpiece it's a weird one I guess like for something like you know, this kind of collection, it probably deserves to be there because it is hugely culturally significant, right? You can't just put in all the nicey nice records. Well, they did put in a few. Or even the Marky Mark ones. <laughs> <laughs> They've thrown in, I don't think you're going to find any of his in there. They've thrown in a, a, a new batch and in there you've also got Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You, Glenn Campbell's Wichita Lineman and The Village Incredible People's YMCA. Song. So like it's... Incredible song. They're going for the classics here, you know. Um... One name absent from this list, though, to my surprise, is Metallica. I would have assumed that Metallica would just creep on in there. However, Metallica... Hey, I think so. They're the doing Bay their Area's bit. <laughs> They're doing their bit. They're off the road anyway, because I think uh, they've had some kind of rehab problems. They were obviously in the, in the midst of a major tour, which I went to France last year, of course, back when you could do those things. You could get on planes and go places and go to gigs. Uh, I went to see them play in the Stade de France, and it's worth going back to No Encore from last year to hear about my drunken escapades at the Metallica gig. That was a great anecdote, yeah. I think it was last it. last May, I believe. The name of the episode title is Uela Snake Pit. Go check that one out. Um, was it only last May? Are you sure it wasn't t- like nearly a year and a half ago now? No, it was last May, man. Was it last May, 2019? Okay, wow. Felt longer. It's kind Time of... Time is a concept. It's kind of frightening. <laughs> sure, actually, like, as I look at my, uh, as I look at my, the date today... This was, I'm quite certain that this time last year, on this date last year, I was at Picture This. That's a year. Oh, wow. That's a full year since I five nights. I think it. I was, I think I was in Seville on holidays. Yeah, again, you were. Which seems quite quaint now. You fled <laughs> the country. But the reason I mentioned Metallica yeah. is because they're doing their bit to keep fans engaged. They're not doing live bedroom live streams or anything like a lot of people are doing at the moment. They're posting f- videos of full concerts every week for what they're calling hashtag Metallica Mondays. The reason I've mentioned this as a story is because the first one that they put up is slain from last year. So the entire two and a half hour gig is there. But the main reason I wanted to cover this story, Craig, was because there's a section in the write-up that I'm like, what... AI wrote this sentence. 
this is your classic situation where you can only like you're like okay here's a news story i've only got a hundred words it's like a youtube link and a basic description how the fuck do i pad this out so it says the first show is their appearance at Meath Ireland's Slane Castle last June. The band played 18 songs over the course of two and a half hours that night, tackling a variety of hits, and then proceeds to name a load of them. And of course, the setlist features their cover of Irish rockers Thin Lizzy's Whiskey in the Jar. Now here's where it gets interesting, Craig. The footage features aerial shots and close-ups of each of the band members, and it shows off the group's large-scale production with all its LED lights and pyro. Uh, I'm in. I'm in. Sold. I do love. I do love the idea of Metallica doing those kind of bedroom gigs because obviously it works really well for stripped down acoustic stuff. Imagine they were just belting out like all of Master of Puppets just in a tiny little space in like Lars fucking garage. That'd be incredible. Okay, so hang on. Let's let's ask the question. How do you feel about the current glut of kind of Instagram lives and bedroom gigs and so on and so forth? I think obviously, I mean, like it's it's doing a great thing. It's great initiative. In some cases, it's raising money and it's giving people like a kind of a you know no frills inside to people. I don't find them very entertaining. <laughs> like, am I a complete prick for saying that? Probably. Uh, like, it's great that they're there. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I like it. It's the kind of stuff that I really like. It, it, uh, you know, during normal times, like it's kind of, uh, like I find that novel um, because they're so infrequent, I guess. And there's like some kind of cachet about that. But the problem has been one, it's been such a topsy turvy time and I've been so busy and there's been such a glut of them that I don't really know which one to watch first. I watched the Colin McCummera one, which was, I think, the Sunday night of the weekend of the kind of, you know, the start of the shutdown. And that was like magical. That was really, really good. But I've I've seen none of the rest of them. I keep seeing like Ben Gibbert from Dead Cab for Cutie like pop up on the YouTube suggestions. He seems to be doing one every night. And every time I see the thumbnail, he just looks like Ryan Adams. And I keep thinking, I keep going, what, Ryan Adams is taking, like picking this moment to like break his silence? But no, it's Ben Gibbert, who, as far as we know, is a totally nice person. <laughs> as far as we know, yeah, who knows? Yeah. Uh, James Blunt put up a tweet saying uh, with everyone doing all these content I'm going to do you a favour and not do one. Uh, once again proving his five star Twitter game if you're into that kind of thing. So you talk about yeah. you talk about Ryan Adams, you talk about James Blunt, you talk about people who are, may or may not be problematic. Time to hit that familiar musical sting. First of the year and it's big news. Uh, the feud between Taylor Swift and Kanye West has been reignited and we're past caring. Hit it. Shut up, Craig on Kanye. Uh, yeah, so there was also, um, Davey included in the running order, a Wall Street Journal um, interview with Mr. West, which is kind of fairly recent, right, up to mid-March. Um, and there was some interesting stuff in it. I just had a kind of cursory glance. He was obsessing over creating a $60 hoodie. He was also obsessing over creating a housing project that has urine gardens where you can defecate and it helps plants grow. Um, what did you make of the interview with Kanye West? It was a scattershot and meandering in the extreme, Craig. Uh, <laughs> oddly enough, he said that uh, he believes that Yeezy is the McDonald's and the Apple of apparel, which is poorly timed enough. Uh, as you say, this interview was likely conducted right before the world decided to shut down completely. Uh, it's a fascinating time to release a Kanye West interview. I found myself thinking about the author of this interview being like, for fuck sake i've got an interview with kanye west in the wall street journal this is going to be the making of me as an arts journalist and now it's just like 
out on the washing line and no one really cares. Like, it has no I relevance know. now. <laughs> like, I have seen a big, like, there seems to be a backlash towards the, or like against the whole celebrity thing just in general at the moment. There's a lot of, like, why do we need to hear from this person complaining about being in their massive compound? Um, I wonder, will, the, like, what's going on right now do anything to quell the, like, aggressive standum culture, which, you know, you've kind of talked about on the show previously? Uh, Are people going to start no. putting things in perspective? No? No, I don't think so. Um, and you can point to, you can point to fucking Ireland and Louise Bruton of the Irish Times, who wrote a review of Dua Lipa's new album this week, and she dared to reference Lady Gaga as, you know, someone who, like, is kind of old hat, I suppose, and Dua Lipa's, like, got her sound now and all this kind of stuff, which led to Louise on Twitter being fucking murdered horrifically, really personally, really disgusting beyond the pale commentary coming her way uh, by Lady Gaga stands, and it's just... It's not worth going to check out, it's not worth going to see, um, because I find the whole thing to be this kind of horrible, disease-like flood, almost like programmed bots or something just coming at you with horrible invective so casual so disgusting justifying bullying uh, i find it baffling it's an it's, it's a subculture that i think is really, really toxic and horrific and i've wanted to write about for a long time and yet i find myself being like maybe i'm better off not doing this because no one needs the abuse i i feel really really bad for louise all she did was write a fucking album review critics are not like it's not deserving of this kind of level of disgusting scorn no like people keep talking about this idea like first of all the celebrities whining in their mansions is ridiculous uh, like fair yeah. enough like you know there's, there are some Ellen celebrities Ellen was the major culprit for me it's just like oh god I do what, not need to hear from Ellen at this moment in time she was just like on her couch clearly in like a palatial setting and she's just like oh my god I'm like going up the walls here like that kind of nonsense Jesus fucking like, Christ it's very I like I don't know she can't go out and hang out with George Bush <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's. I feel like it's very Dark Knight Rises right now. You know, the best yeah, film yeah, ever yeah. made, by the way, The Dark Knight Rises, uh, twenty twelve. Uh, no, essentially, I just think that like celebrities, uh, much like capitalism, uh, have proven to be a bit of a false economy, as it turns out. Oh, Greg. totally. Um, well, will I will I end with a celebrity quote and just to kind of um, put us in a bit bit of a better mood? I did yeah, go note on, yeah. one quote from Kanye, which was like added to the motivational list. Um, so when the writer mentions that West sounds ambitious, West responds, I do not like the word ambitious. I'm Kanye West. The word ambitious is beneath my abilities. <laughs> I mean, I love it. It, it might have landed better in a non-pandemic situation having not just released a terrible album a few months ago. You gone back to the album at all, have you? <laughs> I haven't. Which one? The, um, the Jesus, Jesus is King. The Jesus is King. <laughs> I don't even know which is which. Yeah, uh, no, I haven't. I've gone back to um, the Yandy leaks, obviously. But, of course, um, no. Yeah. Okay. No, not my go-to. You've also, much like me, been spending most of the week listening to the new album from The Weeknd. Let's take yeah. a listen to that. That was Blinding Lights, a song that you've heard quite a lot over the last few months and one that uh, I found to be a bit of a grower. I think it's actually a bit of a banger after being not too impressed by it at first. The artist is Abel Tezve, Abel Tezve, also known as The Weeknd. He's back with a new record called After Hours. Craig, 
Who is he? Yeah, so Abel Tesfaye. I did actually look this up because I wasn't too sure. I think he pronounced it Abel, but he's like Ethiopian heritage, so it can be Abel. We'll stick with The Weeknd. He's another kind of big, moody, alt R&B export from Canada. I don't know. Um, we, we were obviously talking about the new J, or the f- debut J Electronica album the other week. Um, I'm still obviously waiting on my J Paul vinyl, which I guess will never come at this point in time. Um, Frank Ocean is the godhead of the show. Regular listeners will know. So it's fair to say that we like, uh, you know, a reclusive, enigmatic artist. And it did seem initially like The weekend was going to be very much that type of artist early doors. Um, so he arrived about 2011 with these kind of languid, dark wave mixtapes, um, made his name off the back of those, the likes of House of Balloons, brought him critical acclaim. Um, it was very vibey, carnal slash kind of cosmic horror stuff. And he seemed like an artist in the shadows. He wasn't kind of revealing himself too much. Um, really intriguing dude. From there, he's kind of gone from like commercial strength to strength. And, you know, he's gone down the path of trying to give us a bigger proportion of pop bangers. He seems unabashed about wanting to be a big star now, big kind of face, a big name. Uh, like the vibe these days is Michael Jackson skating over Drake beats. And I think since Trilogy, that kind of um, bring together of the mixtapes, we've got some very, very good albums, um, some like top tier, like exquisite songs. Um, but when the mystique's kind of gone, he's, you know, doing polished stuff about side chicks and menages with models, um, album after album. I think our criticism with the last couple of releases has been that it can be quite reductive stuff and maybe he's slightly losing his critical way. Um, so he last graced us with My Dear Melancholy, um, comma, which I think was part of the stylistic titling of that. And it was a bit of a concession to that, right? It was like six songs of like deeper, darker, early side stuff. Um, but it was mainly kind of, I think, hedged bets. Um, like one criticism was how similar a lot of the songs were to previous songs of his. It was kind of like photocopied melodies. So I think After Hours does arrive with a lot of promise. Likes of Blinding Lights, I agree. It's an absolute banger. He's fresh from his Uncut Gems appearance, um, brawling with Adam Sandler, spoiler alert. And I think that kind of club scene made us remember why we fell for him. Um, the early signs seemed like he was ready for a real statement of intent. And... Um, you know, something cohesive and not bubblegum. David, talk to me. Did he deliver? He did not, Craig. No, I feel like we're oh. about to have the same conversation we've had for the last two weekend album reviews that we've done. <laughs> and I'm really fucking annoyed. I'm annoyed at him. I'm annoyed at myself for getting lulled into a false <laughs> sense of maybe he's back because I really, really was on board with Early Weekend. I really, really loved what he was doing around the time of the trilogy of mixtapes, and he has some incredible songs. I was still with him up until, you know, and including Beauty Behind the Madness. I think Kissland is actually quite underrated, if anything. And Starboy, I think, was when he started to lose it. It was like, oh, no, okay, this is just style over substance for the most part, and you've kind of lost it. The big problem with The weekend is narrative and how he has exhausted his own narrative already like like a long time ago he's now been releasing for a decade and it's the same old story it's the same old oh man it's really tough doing lots of drugs and being really sexy and having lots of sex with faceless women and i oh no i just i just can't seem to stop doing it it's like well stop fucking writing songs about it for fuck's sake this is so boring um i'm so annoyed because like i was like okay you know heartless was the first track off this record that came out and i was like Ah, it's very by the numbers. Blinding Lights followed almost immediately, and I was like, ah, it's very by the numbers. But then I was like, no, 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 he's actually managed to do it again. He's got another pop gem here, and it really is quite rewarding. 
then the title track comes along and I was like, man, dude's been listening to fucking chromatics. This is really cool. Maybe, just maybe we're back. And then you get this really fucking weak, like faux Drake crap 80s pastiche bollocks with like stupid kind of like uh, drum and bass drums coming in every now and then really glossy overproduced nonsense you've got Kevin Parker and One Tricks Point Never phoning in their minimal contributions you got a song called Escape from LA which is the worst thing he has ever done and he's done some bad stuff um I'm baffled. I'm baffled by the acclaim this thing is is getting. He's massive. Like, he's huge. And this album's going to be a number one and whatever. But my God, the well isn't just dry anymore. The well has been fucking, like, pillaged and blown up from, <laughs> like, a fucking drone strike. I don't know. What is going on here? This is so bad. It's like a, it's like a parody. Wow. I'm, I think he's back. <laughs> Get the fuck out of town. <laughs> Yeah, man, I was, I surprised myself. I think this is his best record since Trilogy. I oh my do. God. What I've are had you many talking moments about? with this record. Yeah, I seriously do. Like, I think you're, when you mentioned Kissland, and it is quite underrated, I feel like with the 80s vibes on this, it's like he went back to Kissland and actually got it right this time. Like, I think he manages on this to kind of combine some of those like big, big pop lessons he learned. And like maybe perfected in small doses on Starboy, but just the overall album didn't work. Here he's kind of losing some of like the dance floor stuff for some more like deep, meaningful conversations, I think. And I think like it it does seem cohesive to me. I think the way there's kind of like suites of songs like marked throughout, which they flow really nicely into each other. Like some different songs finishes the other one's lyrics. And I feel like at times he does, he gets away from the just gaudy materialism. He gets away from the petty navel gazing stuff. Like right from the opener, I was like, okay, we're actually back. We're back in like House of Balloons territory. We're back in The Birds Part 2. Because I think he's reframed, like everything you're saying about how you feel about this record, I feel about Heartless. I think that sticks out like a sore some here. And yeah, the the LA track, I think, is another weak spot. But like Heartless in particular is the pure, like, I'm ice cold. I don't need a bitch, blah, blah, blah. Like, they all need me. That kind of rote, just rubbish we've been getting from him so much. I think it was a really poor choice for first single. But elsewhere, I mean, I feel like he's being more authentically vulnerable. I think the way he's talking about relationships is... Not so much like you need me in your life. It is, I'm on my way out. He's clearly being open about, like, you know, in recent interviews with him, he seems in a bad way in terms of substances. I don't know what he's battling. But I feel like, I kind of like the production. I think a lot of the tracks work as kind of fever dream stuff. Like he's scared to be alone. He's fading in. He's fading out. This works for me. Like, I think there's some of his best songs on it. Like a song like Fate is just tremendous. I had a real moment to go back to the running thing. with this record where maybe this is like maybe this was like the kind of the moment it clicked for me or maybe this is why I'm like kind of gushing about it but I was going for a run it was like past half 10 maybe 11 at night there was no one around um by the time I got to face like that metro boom and just kind of gloomy brilliance it did feel like that fever dream thing of like he's almost in the back of an ambulance it reminded me of the the culmination of Billie Eilish's um debut album where you know she feels like she's fading away and it's like, it's it's almost like a kind of goodbye note. And 
the segue, which is masterful, I think, into Blinding Lights happened just as I turned this corner, right? And spotted another runner on the opposite side of the road. <laughs> and like across the street, we started like running together down towards the fucking village as Blinding Lights was pounding out. And it was the first moment since all this stuff happened that I was like, do you know what? We're going to be all right. <laughs> it was like the Calvary arrived. <laughs> Oh my god, I was like, yep, yeah, this is it, this is song of the year. I got back and like, um, In Your Eyes then came on, which is like one of the Max Martin cuts as well. And you kind burst of, into I think that's gonna be, kitchen table. I think that's going to be a huge hit as well. It's got the saxophone. And I think actually the lyrics are, are maybe the most generous kind of weekend lyrics we've got in a long time. Like he's giving his own kind of concessions to his failings. Um, he has that line of just like, you know, your lies, I don't let that stuff define you, which is kind of quite generous and more empathetic than he usually gets. And I had a kind of like, God damn it, Abel, you didn't, you didn't just go there, did you? Um, and I just, I think that summed it up for me, whereas like, I feel like that song is the, I feel a coming of this record, right? But rather than a kind of a gaudy kind of come on, a chat up, it's a genuine kind of love letter. And I, I heard a lot of that throughout. And I will say, actually, overall, I think the scale of this as a musical kind of achievement for me is that it's best captured in how when the usual shabby lyrics arrive, and boy, by God, they do. Like, he's not escaping any of those, but they don't drag it down so much. We're back in, like, when he first arrived, the territory of, like, I don't know, he just kind of couches it in quite atmospheric stuff. It's like, you know, it's paper thin lyrically in places, um, but it works as that kind of trilogy, like, you know, nighttime mirage that just, it, it was kind of hypnotic to me. This really, really worked for me. And bar maybe two tracks, which I've mentioned, I was like, yeah, this is like him delivering, this is him back on the footing I wanted him to be on. So I find it, it's, that's fascinating and really interesting how you've, you've, you've found it. But, um, no, I was like, I'm loving this. I'm Craig, really Craig you it. had a moment. You had a weird moment. Also, by the way, I'm having a weird moment right now. There's people outside of my street. Like, I can hear people like chatting and singing, and I can hear a song, and I'm pretty sure it's Blinding Lights. I need to just open my window <laughs> on microphone here and see if I can like figure this out. Hang on. Of course, they've stopped now. I'm, I'm just going to put this microphone out the window and see if you can pick anything up. Okay, I'm almost certain I heard We're blinding lights. We're singing lights, the weekend. <laughs> the, <for laughs> yeah, the yeah, no, yeah. You see, that's what I'm saying. Issued a government order at eight o'clock yeah, every night. Abel is to... now the face of like empathy and um, I don't know socialism. <laughs> I'm really, really shocked uh, at your reaction to this because to me, I was like, maybe it's the sequencing, but Jesus Christ, the first half of this record in particular is a fucking slog. I find it so hard to get through. I found I found the opening to be stunning and i i know what you're saying <laughs> about happening? like uh, yeah seriously but i know what you're saying about like then you get a couple of tracks where there's these kind of uk influences like um too late hardest to love has those garage like dubstepy rhythms which are a bit distracting um so yeah maybe i don't know they sound slightly dated and out of place once you get into the the more like the kind of fresh take on the 80s synths in the back end but I even thought those kind of worked because the songs were strong enough. Like, I, I, I'm surprised with myself because I actually, I didn't see him coming back from the direction he was going in. And I think he's crawled back, he, like, he's, he's gained a lot of ground with this. I, How I think do you it's feel a very about good record. Uh, Scared to Live with its kind of your song Elton John sample type thing? Uh, Elton John, by the way, I was very on board with. Yeah, I was initially like, 
annoyed because it was like this is a straight rip of your song and then i saw the credits and i'm like oh i think actually elton john might have backing vocals on it or something um yeah that's one of the more lightweight ones but um now songs like faith um blinding light i'm just yeah totally on board with after hours this is doing it for me man um i'm really shocked i don't I know really what am. to tell you i, yeah, I don't know yeah, I, I just kind of feel like he's been so like He's been so sorry. I'm looking at my phone, and I, three people have messaged me and said, "Like I can see the start of three messages," and they're like, "Well, the minute and a half applause. Well, the clapping for the healthcare. I'm embarrassed hearing people clap." So that's what that was. Yeah. So I swear I heard the weekend in there. Maybe he was leading the charge. <laughs> so listen, um, it's undeniable how big this guy is. He gets bigger and bigger with each release, and fair play to him. But I just feel like the weekend that I loved is gone. Uh, this morning in my kitchen with my housemate intrepid journalist Richard Chambers who everyone should follow on Twitter right now if they want all their coronavirus updates but be warned Is Richard on, on Twitter? <laughs> yes, Richard is on Twitter you may have seen him He's been um, doing a great public service I must He say. has uh, God, you know, he, he, also, sleep in Jesus. He, he did a great public service as well this morning as we we both figured out so if you go onto Spotify and you if you look up someone like The Weeknd it'll tell you what number in the world they are for the most monthly listens so interesting this, uh, rather than like drag the podcast into some kind of weird guessing game for half an hour i wanted to see how many of these you can get quick fire craig so uh, like for context right the weekend is number two in the top 10 on spotify of the most monthly listened to artist in the world yeah who else What's is in number that top one 10? who else is in the top 10 uh lilusi verdi nope no not in the top 10 um Lipa. is number six in the number world. Six. Yeah. I was uh, surprised. Drake's probably just a mainstay, right? Drake's number 10. Okay. I'm trying to think what else came out. Is Gaga? No, I think that's kind of comeback symbol, single came and went. No, Gaga's probably not there. Um, nope, not in the top 10. BTS? Nope. They're like 128 um, or something. Really? Yeah, it's kind of surprising. What's come out the last couple of weeks? Sorry, say the criteria again. What's the it? criteria the is one, most, is yeah, most listened to artists like per month. That's how they kind of break it down. So, I mean, like people in this will, will mostly be in there for most of the time, I think. They're pretty big names. Okay. Who's number um, one? Who's number one? I would have assumed it was Drake. Give Drake's, us a hint. Drake's number 10. Uh, we reviewed their album on the show very recently. <laughs> um, what have we been talking about? And it wasn't good. Oh, Justin Bieber. It's sorry. Justin Bieber. Justin, Justin Bieber, Bieber is number one Boy, on the Spotify of top yeah, ten. Yeah, yeah. Ed Sheeran is number three. Jay oh. Balvin is number four. Oh, Jay Balvin. Billie Eilish is number five. Khalid is number Khalid. Sorry, is number seven. Post Malone number eight, and Camille Cabello at number nine. So there you go. Should have got posty. However, Craig, is she not cancelled now? The, <laughs> the weekend is not <laughs> in the most followed. The top five most followed artists on Instagram are Eminem, Rihanna, Ariana Grande, Drake, and number one Ed Sheeran. So there you go. Ed Sheeran's still doing Good it. God. Ed Sheeran, of course, did appear on a weekend record. He was on Beauty Behind the Madness, a record that I don't think has aged quite well. I don't know. I mean, I went into this with excitement. I went into this like hoping, just being like, maybe he's finally going to like turn this thing around. He's finally going to be good again. But for me, I don't know. I just think he's lightweight. I think he's kind of a cipher. I'm really fascinated that you liked it. I couldn't get into it. Four out of ten for Davey. Yeah, musically, I thought he was back to his best. I feel like he was talking more openly and in a genuine way than he had been doing. And even I think he reintroduced some much needed kind of humor at points. Like on a track like Snow Child, I think some of his... His bars were actually quite strong because there was, you know, there was there was wit there, which has been sadly missing in some of his more recent stuff. I will say, like, it's it's a long album, but it's really cohesive. There's less on it for me to criticize than the last six track project. 
So it's a total win. Like I, I, it's what I really want from him. It's an eight point five for me. Jesus. Okay, <laughs> fine. Let's get into our top fives fine. for this week, shall we? Uh, there's so yeah, songs you love by artists that you don't love so much. What's the criteria, Craig? Beyond that point, I'm not quite sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna level with you. We haven't been talking that much. It's been quite busy. Like this was. Are we straying into kind of guilty pleasure territory here? Or are we going? There are no guilty pleasures, Craig. This is the thing. Yeah. So we always say that. So these are songs we genuinely love. And I will say, you know, in terms of artists that we don't, um, we're not going with cancelled artists for <laughs> like horrendous reasons, are we? No, we're not. So our artists that will yes. not feature on this list include the likes of Gary Glitter, Lost Profits, Brand New, Ryan Adams, Hookworms, and many others. Um, yeah, <laughs> many, many others. So, <laughs> so I've got um, I've got a bunch of honourable mentions. I mean, will I rush through my honourable mentions real quick just to give you a flavour? Yeah, let's do it. So for me, the criteria is simple. It is songs that I like by artists that I would not normally respect, listen to, or subscribe to on instagram or whatever the, whatever your kind of parallels i mean they might have like lots of great songs but you just might not be into it whatever but here's a handful of songs that aren't in my top five that i like by artists that i don't normally like so for example uh, whip my hair by willow fucking belter that's a oh, great incredible song. my favorite version fan. is the jimmy fallon version where he does the neil young take on it oh yeah that is pretty good yeah. back and forth i mean and and by good craig i mean absolutely terrible and not funny uh i also (laughs) enjoy you're in love with a psycho by kasabian oh yeah i love loads of their stuff though they um they blow the roof off the fitzpatrick house (laughs) (laughs) uh roar by katie perry also in my list alongside rough riders anthem by dmx yeah dmx has some bangers (laughs) in the club by 50 cent Perfect by One Direction, On Melancholy Hill by Gorillaz. I wanted to include that one just to be like, what the fuck, man, Gorillaz? But I, I kind of realised I just don't get the Gorillaz thing and I don't think I ever will. I have loads more honourable mentions, but listen, this isn't about honourable mentions, Craig. This is about our top fives. Shall I kick it off? Go ahead. Here's my number five. Yep, that's the Beatles with Come Together. Craig, do you have anything you want to say? I thought say? you said no cancelled artists. Um, <laughs> some John Lennon for you there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, why don't you just uh, uh, is, set the scene here, shall I, I was wondering where it was going to place, yeah. Um, I can't believe of all the Beatles back catalogue, this is the one. It's a good <laughs> song, obviously, because most of their songs are. Sure, they have a few like Maxwell Silverhammer disgraces, but yeah, like, you know, the greatest band of all time. Um, Dave hates them. <laughs> Talk me through your love of this track. I think it's just a belter, mate. It takes me back to the nightclub in Drada where they used to play it uh, when they would throw you out of it. Oh, okay. Kind of stuff. Uh, as always fit well in a movie, you know yourself. Uh, I don't know. I, I like the rhythm of it. I like the fact that it's me. I forget that I'm listening to the Beatles, who of course are the most overrated band of all time. And, you know, yeah, that's just how I feel. See, I challenge you, Craig. I don't hate the Beatles. I've that's said this a million times. That's just how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> so sassy i, I just love it. <laughs> don't like them um i've never i've never got it mate 
Um, well, yeah, come on, defend defend their honor then. You know, you and the rest of the world. It, like, I hate this thing. I don't think I need to thing. defend the Beatles. <laughs> Listen to side two of Abbey Road and come back. Have I ever? <laughs> I probably have made a playlist for you previously, but I don't know if you bothered listening. I think I you do did. understand your thing of like the and insistence of people that you must like them. I agree. Like there was a time where. I've always liked the Beatles, but there was a time where I was very much on board with, you know, they shouldn't just be the de facto fucking best band ever. But I, I've, you know, I find so much joy in their back catalogue. I think they're an incredible band. Songs like Norwegian Wood, I just, the sheer breadth of what they accomplished in like seven years is outrageous. Um, And yeah, like the Beatles are incredible to me. But, um, you know, good choice. I, I was wondering when it would crop up. Probably your oldest selection in these top fives yet, right? What, <laughs> 70, or sorry, uh, 68, something like that? Almost, almost certainly. This is another stick that I get beaten with all the time. Uh, I think Josh said before, he was like, oh, wow, Dave's listened to a song from before in 1990. Fair play to him. Um, yeah, I think 84 is usually the cutoff I give you. It's like your year of birth. <laughs> I think we've got to about 84 with these four. But yeah. That's fair. Yeah, it should also be fair noted play. that we don't actually know each other's list this week, thankfully, but you knew that I was no, going to yeah, yeah. the song in there. Like, like I was always going to do it. I mostly put this in to wind you up, and also because, you know, it's an example of a band that everyone loves, and you're supposed to love, and it's not you're not allowed to not love them. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'll give them their due. They wrote one good song. Fair play to them. <laughs> Okay, this is probably my equivalent of that, weirdly enough. There's some weird serendipity. So we're back in the 60s. Quote the Lizard King, is everybody in? I'm gonna love you till the heavens stop the rain. I'm gonna love you till the stars fall from the sky. While you and I... That was, of course, The Doors with Touch Me. Um, long-time listeners will know I despise The Doors. Um, I think it's mainly the vibe around them. I hate that they're so revered. Um, listen, the White Stripes could get away with the lack of a bass. But have You know, The Doors doing it by replacing it with basically a church organ. <laughs> get out of here. Jim Morrison being the Lizard King, being like this shamanic, um, poetic <laughs> lover man that was like blessed by native americans or some nonsense like i just can't get on board with them but i do love this song and i think this is the only performance of his in their entire back catalog where he actually shows some genuine emotion um i I do like the fact he's kind of doing that old crooner thing like he's using his voice well as opposed to just barking like he always does um this was of course written by robbie krieger as opposed to jim because jim couldn't write to save his life um (laughs) I, I, I do like it. the Sorry, string bit as well. I love how much you hate the doors. I love it. It's so funny. <laughs> Come on. Also, of course, R.I.P. Um, <laughs> the thing is, like, I, I've read uh, a, like a Jim Morrison biography and like a biography of the band, and I wasn't that familiar apart from like the hits with the band prior to reading it. And their story's incredible, and the way they're written about, you would swear their music is seminal, life changing, and then you hear this like rip off garage rock fucking <laughs> that organ just incessantly in the background as he barks away about like your brain squirming like a toad and fucking uh, i don't know channeling oedipus and just nonsense 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 terrible band great song <laughs> i'll say this i'll say this uh people are strange is a great song so there you go that's all i got i'm not a fan people are strange, when when you're you're strange. strange. those lyrics 
<laughs> the B-side to this song, can you guess what the B-side to this song was called? Just like your stereotypical Morrison poetry. It's called Wild Child Dave. Wild Child. <laughs> okay, let's have my number four. No regrets, Craig. No regrets about picking the Beatles. No regrets about picking Robbie Williams here for my number four choice. Um, Brilliant tune. Amazing song. And buoyed by the presence of Neil Hannon and Neil Tennant on the same track, I believe. Uh, I think they're both on there. Oh, yeah. So Yeah, like Neil Hannon's definitely collaborated with him. They did that kind of road to Mandalay song as well, which I loved. I, I nearly would have included Robbie, but I, I realised I like like a handful of his songs. I really I like Feel about as well. Do you know what I mean? Everyone likes I, Feel. I, I dislike his, his kind of persona. So everyone, yeah, I can see why he made the list. Everyone's mad about Feel and I'm not quite sure why. Um, Essentially, I feel like, yeah, Gun to the Head, I could pick about five or six Rob Williams songs that are, are not terrible. And I was actually on board for his return, his brief return to take that for progress, which I think is a really underrated pop album. But see, I was against that. I really? liked the album, but initially I was like, "Really, lads, you're going to take him back?" <laughs> <laughs> it was like the Dua Lipa New Rules thing. It was just like, "Don't do this to yourself, Gary. He'll only fucking hurt you again." Yeah, I mean, they took him back, but not for good, so it's fine. But essentially, the whole thing <laughs> is that, like, I just feel like Robbie Williams. Wrap is... up the show. Wrap <laughs> it up. Forget it. <laughs> We're done. It shouldn't like go uncommented on that Rob Williams is like probably the most obno- one of the most obnoxious crimes against music that there's ever really been. So for him to turn around and kind of have this really kind of moody, broody, lovingly composed song on Millennium, I think it's like track two or something. That was a record that I fucking rinsed when I was a teenager. I loved it. I thought it was amazing. You know, my, my music taste was still very much forming. I'd yet to discover new metal, Craig, you know, I didn't even know what was around the corner. <laughs> But I do think No Regrets is a is a wonderfully kind of almost weekend esque mood banger that I'm all I'm all here for, and I think he's pretty good in it too. I like how kind of stupid yeah. theatrical he gets, but still manages to rein himself in quite well. Yeah, yeah, no, I like it. Speaking of new metal, um, which didn't make my list because it dawned on me that there was two tracks of theirs that I liked. Limp Bizkit were nearly featuring here, just in terms of my shortlist. Um, so it would have been End Together Now, which is incredible, uh, mainly Method Man Boyd. But also I have a soft spot for Roland, so that saved them. But um, what my actual number four is, is this. Tell me that you saw it, didn't think I'd turn around. Was of course One Republic with Apologize. Um, the, the version featuring Timbaland, which was on his um, what was it, Shock Value? Shock album. Value. Yeah. Um. So I've said on the show a few times, particularly when we talk about pop albums and you know the now customary thing of just getting teams of writers in. I, I've talked about Ryan Tedder with admiration as a songwriter. Um, like kind of I put him in that pantheon of like you know. 
a braille building hard gun who's like a pop scientist in the Max Martin mold, right? It dawned on me this week that I don't really know many of his songs. In fact, I just know that he wrote this, so I give him an immediate pass. The rest of One Republic stuff is horrendous. I hate that genre of music, but this, oh, this just lifts me up. Even even within this song, Timbaland doing those fucking seal noises is both infuriating and somehow brilliant and makes the song. So, like, I don't know how that works, but yeah, what an incredible song. It's a phenomenal choice. It was in my honorable mentions. At one stage, I was like, I feel like Craig will pick this, so I can probably just concentrate on my own yeah. over here in the corner. Um, I had a few of those. Yeah, so I, I'm with you on the Ryan Tedder thing. I always find myself being like, he's like a renowned songwriter. And I'm One like, of the good I, ones, I yeah. I know fucking... nothing about him. <laughs> uh, you said that you hate this genre. So what p- particular genre would you put this into? So I think when this came out, we're talking what, like um, 2009-ish? And you're getting like... I think. 2007. So you're getting like the dregs of Timbaland, right? <laughs> you're having the first wave of hip hop as maybe the dominating force in music becoming so watered down that you're doing a lot of collaborations with um, pretty vanilla um, pop tropes. And it's just a lot of the songs of this ilk are quite airy. It reminds me of like the Stock Aiken and Wa- Waterman thing, but this song is. The Timbaland drums really work well. Uh, it's such a well-written song. Their original version, I think it was their debut single, One Republic, um, which they obviously never topped, but it works really well, just kind of stripped back with a proper piano. It just, it stands out because it's such an incredibly written song. But other songs of this ilk, not for me. Stop and Stare doesn't do it for you, no? Uh, no, trash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm with you. I love this song. I also love the bit in the video when the uh, the drummer throws his stick on the ground and the emotion of it all. (laughs) It's perfect. Timbaland Timbaland in the studio, much like our sonic architect Adam, turning around and waving his arm to the magic. Bring it in. Bring the magic in, boys. Insufferable magic. (laughs) Alright, let's bring in my next one on this list, shall we? And as I start to leave He grabs me by the shoulder and he tells me what's left to lose you've done enough and if you fail well then you fail but not to us cause these last three years so that is the format, Craig. Do you know who they are? No, I've never heard this song, I don't think. Okay, the song have is I? called I don't know if you have. The song is called On Your Porch. The band were called The Format. Now, here's the thing. If that sounded very schmaltzy and cheesy to you, it is. And for some reason it works for me. A good friend of mine by the name of Adam put this track on a mix CD he made for me in the mid two thousands and I fell in love with it instantly. So essentially the thing about the format is they're a terrible, terrible band. Like, they're not good. And, I, like, they appeared on My Super Sweet 16, I believe, at one stage. Um, and I didn't know this for a long... Like, they're long gone. I didn't realise this for a very long time, because I've, I've kind of carried this song around in my back pocket for quite some time. I love the emotion of it. The bit that you heard there I find to be quite devastating. It's about a guy, you know, his father is sick, possibly dying, and he can't face him, and then the father gives him this incredibly fatherly advice. It's so, like, to kill a mockingbird levels of just, like, ridiculously schmaltzy and ridiculously 
emotional heartstring tugging but for some reason it all works for me i found myself before i think i said on the show once before i was in like a supermarket once listening to this and i just like started welling up and i was like i need to get out of here this is ridiculous oh my god i know i'm, I'm putting it all out there man if i'm gonna slag off the beatles i'm gonna slag off myself okay like I'm, that's I'm, fair I'm, enough I'm, yeah. I'm a fair yeah. man and you you being on your high horse when i would go to gigs like the mountain goats and being like not that twee bullshit for me let <laughs> <laughs> me get this oh dude i thought about not putting this in i was like oh, craig's going to fucking kill me but here's the thing right I, the format yeah. right you might recognize the voice and it's weird cuz i didn't recognize it for the longest of time until i put it together and i was like oh no oh god no the voice that you heard there is a singer by the name of Nate Roos he would go on okay. to front a band called Fun. Oh, wow. That terrible, dreadful band, Fun, of We Are Young. Fun full stop. And Some Nights fame. And it's that voice that you heard, and that's who it is. And it disgusts me to this day that one of the songs that I love quite dearly is by that fucking clown. Oh, my God. That's incredible. That's incredible admission. I will say I left off... I left off a song from this because I think it was beyond the pale. It was beyond the beyond. I didn't think there was any going back. And actually, I don't know how much I love it, but I remembered liking it. And it's by someone that I just do not like whatsoever. But I'm going to admit it. It didn't make this list. Do you want to have a guess? <laughs> just like a despicable, red-haired human being. <laughs> oh, wow. Is it The Frames? No, no. <laughs> Despicable red-haired human being, you said. Um, it's simply red oh, stars. No. Jesus Christ. I even cut it down to like a clip for the show. And I was like, actually, I don't quite love this enough. And also, I can't endorse this monstrosity of a band. But yeah, that is one that like, you know, based on you, you talking about that song, I'm like, something about it. I think it's like a nostalgic thing for when it came out. I'm like, I can sink right into this. But yeah, didn't make it. So we will go on with my actual number three, and it is this. Can I just say, that, what a palette That cleanser. is simply red within the club. <laughs> Um, yeah, major shortlist, 50 Cent, of course. Um, this was a big, I'm learning a lot about myself. This was a kind of revelation for me because, listen, I don't like 50 Cent. I don't like his Uber troll thing. I was, as everyone knows, very much on the Kanye side of the hip hop wars back in the day um, when they had their chart battle. They're kind of like Blur Oasis off thing. I think it was a good thing that gangster rap was ended there because, you know, we we're dealing with the dregs of the genre. Um, I love this song. It's mainly because of the Dre beat, of course. It was like, you know, most people's first taste of 50. And when I went back to look at some of his bigger songs, I'm like, no, I don't like any of these. I don't like Pimp or P-I-M-P. I don't like 21 Questions. <sighs> like, people don't, don't come at me with like Baltimore Love song or something like that because it's just, the dude is talented, but he has done nothing but rubbish. All of his stuff sounds hugely dated now, but this is maybe the <laughs> ultimate banger of that genre. My suggestion, by the way, uh, your, my, my counter suggestion for you is one that sounds dated from the second the opening kind of sound effect comes in. AO technology. Okay. 
I can't stand that song. <laughs> oh man, I cannot stand that. This song. is amazing. In yeah, we, it really is. Is it's incredible? Yeah, um, and it, it is that kind of deathless Dre beat mainly. I mean, he coasts along it well. I actually like. I like Fifty on that the game track. Hey, there, love it, but that's not a Fifty Cent song, so he qualifies. And the game is cancelled, of course, as well. Don't forget in this cancel list of cancelled people. Do you remember the video for this yes. and how stupidly two thousand and three it was? It was him being assembled in a lab, if I recall correctly. <laughs> Well, that was like the thing. I'm like when he came out, it was like, "Here is your new Tupac," and you know, <laughs> fucking Ice Cube all rolled into one. This is like the kind of archetypal gangster rapper that's going to save us all. And it was just like, okay, we're done. It's just become redundant, it's become cartoonish. <laughs> Did you know and, like, he's I been think shot biggest, nine times? Yeah, like that whole backstory. It was just it was so tiresome. I was so happy when Kanye West with his like pink polo kind of overtook. Him outsold him when he was like, "I'm going to retire if if that Kanye West outsells me." And then he didn't, of course. Um, I think it was good for music that kind of backpack rap and that more sensitive, um, more playful thing came to the fore. Whatever you think about Kanye West now, so yeah, I think he was like a bit of a dinosaur on arrival. But um, yeah, what an opening gambit! Did you ever see the film Get Rich or Die Trying? No, directed by <laughs> directed by Jim Sheridan. Jim Sheridan. I didn't see that, and I didn't play the PlayStation 2 game 50 Cent Blood on the Sand, in which he mills around with a fucking AK-47, killing dudes. Yeah, Actual things that are actually out there, people. Play them, or watch them during your isolation. But for now, my silver medal of the week goes to... Alien Ant Farm, and the song is called Movies. Everyone remembers Alien Ant Farm for their cover of Smooth Criminal, but because Michael Jackson has been cancelled, that song has also been cancelled along with it, I think we can all agree. Um, not a good band. And this was around the height of my Kerrang! phase, you know? This is around oh, the height yeah. of my, like, I love, you know, everything that's happening around this, and I just couldn't get on board. Uh, I just couldn't get on board with these lads at all. But I think this is a no. song that has stood the test of time quite well. I think it's goofy fun. It's it's kind of a beautifully written pop song. It's very fast and to the point. It's feel good. It's one for the repeat button. And yeah, it's fucking unreal. I probably should have put it at number one, I'm thinking right now. <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's a pretty good pop song. I did always view those guys as like, I don't know, like a latter day Bloodhound gang or something. They didn't really seem to take themselves too seriously. And they were kind of likable. Yeah, they were never a good band by any stretch of imagination. I love that because of Michael Jackson's cancellation. Now all Michael Jackson music and related covers are out of bounds, but we still have Alien Ant Farm's original material to listen to. <laughs> what a world. <laughs> I was supposed to interview yeah, them. Yeah, a nice song. I, I was trying to interview, like, I was supposed to interview one of POD last year and it, like basically like I found myself sitting in the button factory in Dublin waiting for a guy who never arrived and eventually I was like, I gotta go do the podcast, mate. So I left and did the podcast. But uh, I remember that they, they did a tour around Ireland, Alien Ant Farm and POD, and I was trying desperately to get on the tour. I was like, put me it to fucking Belfast and Dublin and Limerick and wherever you're going. I would have loved to have done that. It should have happened. It didn't happen. And that's why, you know, it, with a heavy heart, Craig, 
I included Alien Ant Farm in this list and quite high up. So there you go. Movies, yeah, great song. They they strike me as one of those bands that is still doing kind of okay, doing like quite sad like college tours with the likes of Wheelis and P.O.D. and do you know what I mean? Electric Six, maybe. They're very much in that genre. Um, it's now. funny, if, if, if you go back, like, if you go back to like, the height yeah. of their fame, you see stuff like them, like, playing atop, like, you know, the roof of, like, a Terror Records in California or something, and, like, stopping traffic with their wacky antics. And you're just like, fuck me, it was a different time, wasn't it? It really, really was. Yeah. Here's a band that could still probably stop traffic. Um, this is my number two. That is Aerosmith with Dream On, um, which is a cut off their debut album, um, which I don't think they ever bettered. Um, I don't have, I don't despise Aerosmith, but oh, I I've do. long thought, <laughs> I've, well, maybe I kind of do, but I've long thought, you know, the way, like in some quarters, they're held up as America's greatest ever rock and roll band. And I'm just constantly baffled. Like, what? How are these the guys? <laughs> They've clearly obviously been like completely washed up for at least 30 years, right? They get in pop songwriters to do their stuff. They're deeply irritating. I mean, obviously they had that great song on the Armageddon soundtrack. Um, but that aside, um, no, they're just, I can't, I can't get on board with them whatsoever. And I can't quite believe that Steven Tyler sat down at a piano when he was apparently like 17 or 18 and wrote this song. And this kind of like launched them. And from there, because to me, this is like, this is up there with my favorite songs ever. I think it's completely like transcendent. It's maybe the first power ballad and it's done well. It's not like all of those cliched power ballads. It's in and it's out. It's like, it's it's a great kind of vehicle for his voice. And it was all totally, totally downhill from there to a hilarious degree. <laughs> uh, on the go since 1970, I want to say, or even the late 60s. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. How? <laughs> he is, Stephen Tyler's now like well, well into his 70s. And when you see interviews with him nowadays, he's very much become the dude that dresses in like lots and lots of scarves and carries around like um, magic crystals and talks about conspiracy theories and he seems a bit like scatterbrained and kind of adorable, but like he's, I think the years of being on the road have stood him in good stead. Um, I think he was an eccentric anyway, but yeah, he's, I don't know. I don't know. the whole And the Joe Perry thing, like these fit into that kind of category of Van Halen. I never got Van Halen. I've tried to like get into like Van Halen albums and I can't stand any of them. Like Hot for Teacher is one of their classic songs and they're seen as one of like <laughs> the standout American bands. What is going on? Uh, there, You can say Aerosmith are responsible for the whole hair metal thing, which was atrocious. <laughs> then you, that kind of ultimately collapses with Guns N' Roses and Axl Rose becoming a caricature and Nirvana having to save music. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, a lot in that and all probably valid and fair. <laughs> 
I uh, this is a great song. It really, really is, and it's. But it's to me, it's very atypical of, of Aerosmith, or at least the Aerosmith that we would have grown up with, and you know, like totally. their wacky antics. I mean, I don't hate them either, but I would certainly never pick them out of a crowd. I think songs like "Crying" are pretty good. You know that video with like Alicia Silverstone, I think, and Liv Tyler back in the day was played on MTV constantly yeah. when I was about ten years of age. Uh, the Armageddon song is fine, but they're like. They're shit. <laughs> like, I mean, like, let's be honest. I yeah. mean, like, they're the kind of band that release albums called, like, Just just Push Play, and they have, like, a shit <laughs> clip art of a ghetto blaster on it, and it's like, rock and roll. <laughs> like, it's just, I remember when I was in school, when I was a kid, there was a guy in the class who was obsessed with them. And, like, I'm not saying I was cool as a kid, because I wasn't. I am now, obviously. But I was like, what the fuck? Like, what are you talking about? This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I don't get it. I've never fully got it. I guess they're pretty fun when they pop up in Wayne's World. But no, this is a band that I'm like, oh, yeah. fuck off. Just fuck off. Are they still, like, are they still going? Like, are they still playing big arena shows? Well, not now, obviously, but like. I think the last I heard was um, Steven Tyler and Joe Perry had to move to distance themselves from the drummer, right in thinking, because he was saying... He was very much MAGA and Trump. <laughs> I think I think this was Aerosmith. For fuck's sake. And it's Why like a couple of months ago. And this he was like kicked out of the band. band. <laughs> like every yeah. American rock band now is like, <laughs> for fuck's sake. So at least like the main guys are anti-Trump and they wrote this. So they get a pass. Okay. So my number one, I just want to say before we play it. Um, look, it's NAF. You know, it's a NAF song by a NAF band. But I like it. Okay. Here it is. You knew it, did you? The, yeah, this was one of my. I don't need to pick this because it's definitely a, near the top of Dave's list. I fucking love this song. If you have a minute, Craig. <laughs> Keen and somewhere only we know. Later, butchered to death by Lily Allen for a fucking John Lewis Christmas ad. Um, I don't know what it is about this track. I mean, Keen are one of the most kind of. Uh, they were they really got a kicking in their day, didn't they? I mean, they were like this tough band with no guitars, and they were just like it was kind of what they symbolized. Yeah. Sainsbury's More music, essentially. I think you know, like yeah. you know, like out shopping at Sainsbury's. Why did you pick up a Keen CD? <laughs> like, I mean, it felt like that the whole time. <laughs> and I remember working yeah. in Extra Vision around the time of this being out and like the big Keen thing happening. And they're just like the uncoolest band ever. But I don't know what it is about the this song. The big Keen thing happening. The big Keen yeah, the thing big, kicking off. Keen thing was kicking off. Yeah, then the whole punk rock thing happened. <laughs> like, it was a movement. <laughs> I love uh, it. But this song, yeah, I remember when this came out, like, I, I was a teenager and I fucking fell in love with it. It's like, it's a deeply moving song, just whatever way it's written. It's obviously by far their best tune. Um, the kind of piano chord changes at times are. Uh, deeply, deeply moving. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful song. Yeah, it's gorgeous. The sentiment is, is really, really beautiful. Like, you know, like it's it's very straightforward. It's very simple and everyone can relate to it, which is nice. Good for a love song. I mean, I thought about this. I thought about Wires by Athlete, a song that I like hated for a long time and then I thought was actually quite beautiful. 
just that kind of like really wet blanket British indie of the mid two thousands. Like I don't yeah. know. Keen managed to penetrate that wall. Like you got these terrible bands like The Feeling. And like Keen are not a band I'm going to go to bat for. I think they got a, a handful of okay songs. I think like um, Is it Any Wonder is a bit of a hilarious U2 ripoff, which I enjoy. But this song to me is actually like a legitimate keeper. It's very much like, no, this is a beautiful song. It's gorgeous. I think it can be enjoyed by anybody. I hate the Lily Allen cover. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a wistful, a wistful waltz. I can see the color of the leaves falling from the trees in the wood that I'm walking in as I listen to this song. It's gorgeous. There you go. And social distancing. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my number one, and there could only be one, we're out of modeling territory and we're into sheer pop banging. Do I really need to say what it is? Moves like Jagger, of course. Maroon 5. Um, I know you love this, Dave. I feel like this might have made your list because do you kind of like some other Maroon 5 songs or am I doing you a massive, massive disservice? To flash back to my kitchen this morning when the Spotify conversation was going down, I did drop the name Maroon 5 and I did say that, yes, I am, in fact, an unashamed stan of pretty bad police knockoff won't go home without you by there we go (laughs) so i would have to pick i would have to pick between that and this and how could i possibly pick so i just thought you know what they have to go maybe craig will bring this one home for us both and you have sir and i appreciate it yeah i feel like it was in the as all of these things are for us i feel like it was in the hot press office on one summer day when i was like that song's garbage man and you were like no it isn't dave Uh, no no (laughs) It's incredible. It even has cool whistling in it, which is just like such an audacious move. Fantastic. Um, Mick Jagger would be proud. I do like the video as well. It's kind of got a, a slight echo of like Miss You by the Stones, which I love. I think uh, Christina Aguilera adds nothing. Oh, to she the brings song. the whole enterprise down, mate. She's like a yeah. dead fucking I'm like, on this. Do thing. not destroy this like absolute masterpiece for me. <laughs> um, but she doesn't because you can't destroy this song. What is it in particular that really gets you? Because I, I, I recall even like coming home from festivals and you were all spent and we'd have to put on Maroon 5 to make Craig feel a bit more alive again and it would work. Yeah. It's totally effervescent. It's obviously mainly based around that chorus. It's just like. You know, I, I just every time it comes on, I can't, I, I never tire of it. This is another one of those Maroon 5 songs where it's clearly not from the pen of Adam Levine. Um, I believe it's Benjamin Levin and Shellback wrote it. Um, and like Adam Levine, I, just, I saw a quote from him talking about it. He's like, yeah, it was definitely a risk. It's a bold statement. We never released a song like that, but it's exciting to do something different. And I'm just like, you should have stuck with these songwriters, man. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Um, this is the territory you should be in. Because, you know, the minute Maroon 5 arrived, I was just, <sighs> songs about Jane or whatever. I'm like, here come like the modern day train. And they don't <laughs> quite have a drop to Jupiter to save them. Do you know what I mean? But this is better than Drops of Jupiter. So they showed me and the world. <laughs> I think I would have. Um, <laughs> I think I would have had to. I think I would have had to stop doing this podcast if you had have put train in your top five. Yeah, no, that wasn't getting near. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jesus. Bad enough, I admit it, to Simply Red being kind of good. <laughs> okay. That one song. <laughs> Fair enough. This, is a, this has been yet, yet another emotional and 
revelatory top five, Craig. So I appreciate yeah, your, your I endeavor. I very much enjoyed it. Uh, this episode, I also too, appreciate buddy. the endeavor, of course, of our sonic architect, Adam Shanahan, who has been sitting in with us via Skype and somehow hasn't gotten bored just yet. Thank you, sir. Legend. legend. Good seeing Craig, his face on the couch. Have you been listening to anything else this week or have you just been too damn busy? I've been kind of busy, but I've been giving um, the Childish Gambino album a go. Um, it hasn't quite clicked for me as yet. Um, I think you've been listening to it as well. Yeah. Like, I um, mean, just for away the, album the and 1910, shocker, basically, for me. Like, this is the thing. Is it actually supposed to be a throwaway album? Is this not what he's been working on, right? For This isn't like the big I'm leaving music album, is it? Is this a stopgap? I don't know. I don't. I'm, I'm not as into the Gambino thing as everybody else, so I don't really like try and connect all the dots. I'm just like, all right, Grand, this is what you're doing. This is it fine? Yeah. Um. It's it's interesting because I, I quite like that 1910 track. I think it's pretty good. I think the standout track is that feels like summer kind of. I don't know if it's a re-recording, and that was like part of his supposedly throwaway summer pack, um, from like last year or whatever. So to have that be a highlight on a new release is kind of disappointing um so it's not really clicking for me other than that i've been listening to uh peter gabriel <laughs> why not because i find him soothing yeah check out secret world uh you us, the album us is incredible that's so the self-titled stuff melts it's all good on the gambina record which i am not crazy on uh the second track algorithm is one that grabbed me quite a bit because it's got this kind of very fucked up industrial punch to it kind of prince meets nine inch nails but unfortunately he gets bored halfway through and doesn't finish the song which is a shame because the first two minutes are great uh i mentioned nine inch nails there they just surprise released two new albums uh part of the ghosts series so instrumental ambient stuff errors and errors of fun according to trent Reznor, that should be available on streaming services as of this podcast being out as will be the debut album by the scratch an irish band that i'm very fond of they They've brought forward the release of their album by a few months, I guess, to compensate for the fact that they've had to cancel a bunch of gigs. Uh, gave it a couple and of because spins. we need them. At a and we do like need this. them. We fucking absolutely do. They're yeah. heroes. They're great gentlemen and they make great music, kind of a fusion of traditional Irish and punk and metal and folk. If you've never heard them, go check it out. I guarantee you'll be charmed by it. And I've been listening to the brand new album by Pearl Jam, but I think we're going to talk about that in a more in-depth basis next week, Craig. Yes, we are. I look forward to that. Break out your better content. Break out your flannel shirt, mate. We're going back to Seattle, back to grunge, and that's what's going to happen. No next jeans, week on though. The show. No jeans. Yeah, no. We'll we'll work on the dress code for next week. Um, cool. Once again, thanks, man. Um, hopefully, in the future, we get to hang out in the same room again. Yeah, um, even this has been a, a welcome respite, and hopefully, it is for the listener as well. So, yeah, this is a, a weekly highlight in these strange times. So, stay safe, everyone. Um, oh, yeah. We'll and also, so. I promise we'll have the Patreon set up by next week. That's a promise. We're actually going to do it. Yes, so, 100%. And we feel, we feel slightly, we feel slightly guilty about being like, hey, everyone uh, <laughs> who's getting laid off, give us money. You don't yeah. have to give us money, but if you want to give us money, we'll tell you how you can do that next week, essentially. So, that's yes, we will the show for now. My name is Dave Hanratty. This has been a Encore. There'll be an Encore back next week. All the love in the world. Stay safe and be responsible. Social distance, etc. Let's beat this thing. Bye. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Enjoy! Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work. 
but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.